0: Stop telling patients with type 2 diabetes to just eat less sweets and carbs. This is the Weight in Healthcare newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. I have permission to share the story of a patient I advocate for. She is fat and has type 2 diabetes. Her latest A1C test was 7.1%. This is 0.1% over her goal and up from her previous test. Her doctor told her that she didn't need to adjust her meds, but should just, quote, do her best to eat less sweets and carbohydrates, end quote. This is incredibly common advice, perhaps especially with fat patients for whom healthcare practitioners seem to always be trying to find a reason to prescribe food restriction, but I hear it from thin patients as well. Unfortunately, it's also problematic advice on a number of levels. First of all, it's imprecise and does not invite confidence in the practitioner's understanding of nutrition, since sweets and carbohydrates are not two separate categories of food. Worse, as was the case for this patient, the practitioner often has absolutely no idea how many, quote, sweets and carbohydrates a patient is eating. Many practitioners seem to believe, or at least give patients advice as if, carbohydrate intake is the end-all and be-all of what could create an increase or decrease in a patient's A1c. And that's simply inaccurate. Again, given that the practitioner typically doesn't have any information about things like the actual amount of sweets and carbohydrates eaten, activity level, etc., it can actually be bad advice from a health perspective, driving harmful restriction. Type 2 diabetes is a complicated condition, and grossly oversimplifying it doesn't help patients. Let's look at the specific patient, and again, I have permission to share this. What this patient's doctor doesn't know, because he didn't ask, is that she doesn't really eat sweets. She's just never really been a big fan. And her carbohydrate intake is something that she monitors and that hasn't really changed. What did change was that she had an incredibly stressful three months and her sleep was dramatically reduced and erratic, both of which can contribute to high blood sugar. She tests her blood sugar in the morning, two hours after each meal, and at night, and her 90-day average on her glucometer was 126, which corresponds with an A1C of about 5.7. Now, finger stick tests can be off by 15% in either direction and still meet accuracy regulations. So even if we assume the entire number is actually 15% higher than her meter showed, that would be a 90-day average of 145, which corresponds with an A1C of about 6.7, so that still leaves a gap. One possibility is that her glucometer is off. Another possibility is that her liver is overactive at night, causing her blood sugar to rise during sleep when she is not testing it. This makes sense in her case since her morning glucose is typically the highest of the day. After discussing options with her weight-neutral dietitian, the patient shows an initial response of focusing on getting more sleep and stress management and going on continuous glucose monitoring so that she can get a better idea of what's going on at night, with the idea that she'll try a high-protein and or fat snack before bed to help regulate her overnight blood sugar, and if that doesn't work, she'll consider other options including a medication change. It's okay if understanding the complexity of type 2 diabetes isn't within a particular practitioner's wheelhouse. But if that's the case, then the best move is to refer the patient to someone for whom it is, preferably a non-diet practitioner since weight loss is also not appropriate advice since it almost never works, and the subsequent weight cycling can disrupt blood sugar management. Regardless, managing blood sugar is complicated and... Eat less sweets and carbs is not nearly adequate advice. There are many options for non-restrictive weight-neutral blood sugar management. I've written about it here before, and on August 23rd at 5.30, I'll be giving a workshop about this, including a Q&A with weight-neutral endocrinologist Dr. Gregory Dodell. You can find information about that workshop, or if you're listening to this later, information about the video for it, at danceswithfat.org. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.